0: welcome to our class on chassidus we're going to be learning this week a beautiful chassidic discourse from the rebbe the name of the Hasidic discourse is called by yancha by yorivecha by Yechilcha. the rebbe said this chassidic discourse in honor of shabbos parshas akev which was the 20th day of the month of av in the year tavshin chav gimel 59 years ago the Rebbe went on to certify and edit the Hasidic Discourse in honor of Chavav, as we know is the anniversary of the passing of the Rebbe's father, blessed memory, in the year Tavshin Nun, 32 years ago. So again, the Hasidic Discourse is based on the verse in this week's Torah portion, where it says, Saman, which means God caused us some anguish, and He starved us, and He fed us the manna. That's what the verse says. So the Rebbe Rashab, in a Hasidic discourse, with this title, so he asked a very simple question. All throughout the Torah, when you speak out the man, it's a great thing. The Jewish people don't have what to eat, and Hashem gave man in the desert. And over here, what does it say? Yamcha, He caused us to, to, to have some suffering, Vayyavcha, and He caused us to be hunger. It's the opposite of talking something positive about the manna. So that's question number one. Question number two the Rebbe asked is, we know it says in the Talmud as follows, that Moshe Rabbeinu established for the Jewish people in the grace after meal, so we do several blessings. The first blessing is called Birchas Hazon. So who established that we should make the blessing of Hazon, the fact that God sustains us. So Moishra Rabbeinu established that blessing when the manna came down. That's what it says in the Talmud. And then it goes on to say that Joshua established the second blessing, which is called Birchas Haaretz, the blessing on the land of Israel, when we went into the land of Israel. That's what it says in the Talmud. The Rajbah, who's a classic commentary on the Talmud, says like this, what does it mean when we say, Moishah, established the first blessing of Birchas Hazon, and Joshua established the second blessing of Birchas Haaretz. In other words, it doesn't mean they actually established the whole concept to make up, to thank Hashem, with a blessing. But it means that they, they, they're the ones that establish the language in the blessing. In other words, why? Because to make a blessing after you eat, that's biblical. Like the Talmud says clearly, based on the verse in the Torah where it says, V'achalta, you'll eat. savato you'll be satiated. you're going to bless Hashem. So the Torah says clearly that after you eat, you have to bless Hashem. And from there we learn, that's the source of the bircha, the blessing of Hazan Sarei Kulay. You you, got, you ate, you are satiated, you have to thank Hashem. And then the verse continues out to say, Allah Oretz HaTayvah on the good land. So that's the source of the blessing, of, of, of the second blessing Allah Oretz on the land of Israel. In other words, so the Rashba is saying like this, the fact that we make blessings on the fact that God sustains us and God gave us the land of Israel, that's biblical. What the details of the blessing. So the first one came from Moshe Rabbeinu, on the fact that God sustains us, and the second one came from Joshua, on the fact that God gave us the land of Israel. When did they establish the details of the blessing? So Moshe Rabbeinu established it when the manna came down, and Joshua established a second blessing when we went into the land of Israel. Now, the altar Rebun he says, Okay, so what do we have? We have the first blessing, which, which is on the manna, which Moshe Rabbeinu established. The second blessing is what? Joshua, when we went into the land of Israel. So the altar says, one second. If you give a look in the second blessing, which is seemingly Allah Aretz, on the land of Israel that God gave us, we also mention in there about Khilas Mazayin, on the fact that God gives us food that sustains us. And we, when we finish off the blessing, what do we say? We say Allah Aretz, on the land of Israel, seemingly to stop there, but we say Allah Mazayin as well. Even though you already made a blessing in Birch And the answer that the author explains is, because... Mo'yishu Rabbeinu established the first blessing, the fact that God sustains us. What was that when the man came down? So the first blessing represents the gift of the manna, of the sustaining us in the desert through the manna, which is basically called, the manna is known as Lechem and Hashemayim, bread from heaven. And the second blessing, where it says Allah Oretz, and it adds the Allah Mozoin, why is it adding to sustaining in the second blessing as well? Because the second one, in Birchas Haaretz, is referring to the 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 food that we get from the ground. Hamoichi Lech So notice, the altar was saying is like this. The first blessing that we say we thank Hashem for sustaining us, that's referring to the manna that sustained us. And the second blessing is we're thanking Hashem for ble- the food that we have from the earth. So everybody ask a simple question. One second. What does it say in the first blessing? Hazan, God God sustains us. Now, what does that mean? And like the verse says clearly, via chalta You're gonna eat and you're gonna be satiated. Now, how are we satiated? How does a person become satiated? Mainly from bread that comes from the earth. But nevertheless, the blessing, Allah and the fact that God sustains us is made from the from the bre- bre- from the from the uh, b- f- f- bread from the earth. Where is that mentioned really? In the second blessing, Alaynu Allah Azayin, and over there on the second blessing, it doesn't say Bechal to You'll be satiated. It says only Allah Aretz. And the fact is, the, the, uh, the, uh, blessing that we say, the first blessing, on hazan, where it says, ve'achalta, you to eat, ve'savat, you're gonna be satiated, that's referring to the man. Now, what's the problem with that? The man, we just learned, in the Torah says clearly, by yancha, he caused us pain, by he starved us. So why are we making the blessing where it says, ve'achalta, ve'savat, the first blessing? The fact that we're satiated. And that's connected to the manna. The manna is not, doesn't, doesn't give a satiation. That's, that's that's the question of bass Also, we have to understand, we know the Yom Kippur. So, <clears throat> the, the Torah says that we have to have, we have to be uncomfortable. The inu of Yom Kippur, we have to be uncomfortable in Yom Kippur. Now, how, what does it mean to be uncomfortable in Yom Kippur? So we learn from being uncomfortable uh, with, with the manna. In other words, just like when it comes to Yom Kippur, what does it say the Torah says? "Be <laughs> and that you should have uncomfortable, you should be uncomfortable to your, your soul should be uncomfortable. What does that mean, uncomfortable? So we learn out, but since by the man, it says, by Yancha, he made you uncomfortable, by Yerivecha, and he starved you, so just like by the mana, what does it mean that he caused you pain and anguish, is by not feeding you. So the same thing also, by Yom Kippur, what does it mean, by Yenise, that means you shouldn't eat fascinating so how do we know that when god said he should be uncomfortable in Yom kippur it means not eating we learn it out from the manna so i've asked a simple question the fact is like this <clears throat> what does it mean that we that by the that reference to the manna that we were uncomfortable and, and we were starved by it in other words it's not like we didn't eat totally we ate the manna but the manna didn't say, satiate us, like we're, like we're supposed to. You, want, you eat, you want to be finished, you want to be satiated. But when they ate the manna, they weren't satiated. Why? Why is that? Why when someone ate the manna, they weren't satiated? Because there explains, you can't compare someone that eats, and when you finish eating, you still have bread left over in your basket. In Hebrew, it's called pasvesali versus someone finishes so if someone sits down and eats they finish eating and they know there's still more bread in the basket if they get hungry later they'll have what to eat so they're fine they're satiated why because if they get hungry they'll have where to go get some more bread later but the fact is when it came to the manna you got the bread today whatever the manna you got today and you finished eating it and you don't have you don't have manna to put away for tomorrow it came down whatever you needed for that day so therefore, so the man, even though you ate it, and maybe at the moment you felt full, but the fact is in your mind, if I get hungry in an hour, or two hours, and six hours, what am I gonna eat? There's no possible salad. So therefore, by Yaridacha, that's what caused us to be hungry, because we didn't we didn't know when the next bread's gonna happen. We're hoping tomorrow Hashem's gonna give us more mana, but we don't have right now. That's one reason why the mana doesn't create satiation, because you don't know what where your next bread's gonna come from. Another reason is it's it, it the the Rebbe explains that there is uh, you can compare someone that sits down to eat something you see what you're eating versus someone who doesn't see what they're eating so you sit down to eat whatever it may be whether it's bread whether it's fish whether it's chicken whether it's meat whether it's grass whether it's seaweed whatever you're eating you see it so that satiates you the seeing it makes you feel good versus the mono is a neutral a neutral thing that whatever it didn't look like not bread, not like fish, not like chicken, not like seaweed, not like uh, tofu, not like anything. So, when you eat, when you see what you're eating, it causes satiation. Versus, you see this like bland thing, it doesn't cause satiation. Now, <clears throat> on the other hand, in the mana, you're able to taste everything, but they didn't see what it was. You just saw a neutral piece. Now, so since you compare the the uh, uncomfortableness and the starving of man to the uh, uncomfortableness of Yom Kippur so what does that mean that when we say that a person was uncomfortable and they were starved of man it knows not only does it mean that the, the mind didn't make you you didn't make you satiated because you didn't see it, or you don't know where your next bread is coming. It means you didn't eat. But the fact is, the mind you did eat. So how are they comparing? with learning out. Oh, you know why you couldn't you shouldn't eat? Because the mind the mind you were starved. One second the mind we were starved. That's because we had what to eat, but we didn't know where the next piece of bread was coming from. When we ate it. We didn't see what we were eating, but we still ate. So how do you compare the two? And to, to make a, to break another point of it says. Based on this, we have to understand even deeper, because what are we saying? The first blessing is azon. God satiates us, and we said, it establish it. For the manna, the fact is the manna didn't satiate us. So why again is the, is the first one connected to the manna? What's the connection? Also, we have to understand, today, we don't have the manna today. So therefore, all the blessings of the grace of the meals is seemingly... All for the bread that we get from the earth, but nevertheless, the 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 um, the actual details of the first blessing was established by Moishrei in reference to the manna. But what, what does the manna have to do to say? We don't have we don't have the manna today. So These are all the questions that are asked on this uh, idea of the manna. So now the Rebbe going to explain these things as follows, We're going to understand this based on introduction. Of what the Medrash says, the Medrash actually says that the manna was a food that made us hungry. Think about that. You're eating food, and the food is making you hungry. So the Medrash says, the man is the, the food that makes you hungry. What does that mean? And the river explains. And he, because the fact is, what does the verse say? By yancha, he caused you pain, anguish. By right? yivecha, he starved you. And he fed you the man. So in the verse, it's, it's actually very, very clear what the Medrash is saying is that He starved you by feeding you the man. So the man is what starved you. The man made you hungry. That's what the and actually flows in the verse as well. Okay, what does that mean? How can the man that's feeding you make you hungry? If it's feeding you, it should satiate you. And why is it making you hungry? So Rebekah says that the man spiritually, wasn't referring to? It's referring to the Agadah, which means the stories of the Torah. Like for example, it says clearly in reference to the in the Torah reference to the Man, how does it describe the Man? So it says, But who God It's like God, a white white God. So the so the machilteh the Medra says, What does God mean? It's actually like a though Like when you when you you learn the Torah, you hear the stories of the Torah. So the fact is when you listen to the stories of the Torah and you read them, it actually draws your heart. In other words, and what what is the what is that God of the Torah referring to? It's referring to the previous Torah, the, the, the internal part of the Torah. The chassidus, the insights of the Torah, etc. So now, what, what Rabbi is explaining is like this: the reason why the man makes you hungry because the man represents what the God of the Torah, the previous Torah, the internal part of the Torah. Chassidus, Kabbalah, and as you learn Chassidus, Kabbalah, and the previous Torah, so now you're you're drawn to God. It's making you hungry to connect to God, to relate to God, to have a relationship with Hashem. Now. And there was like explaining many, many places that the food from the earth that comes from the earth that's spiritually connected to the revealed part of the Torah, and the food from the heaven, the man is connected to the, to the internal part of the Torah. So you see, it's, there's a real connection. Now, what, the, why does primis Torah make you hungry? I mean, you're learning Torah, whether it's Kabbalah this Why does it make you hungry? You, you feel great. You're connecting to Hashem. So why does it make you hungry? Explain on a spiritual level. Because what is the whole idea of Primus Torah? when you learn Chassidus, when you learn Kabbalah, when you learn Mysticism? So what are you learning? You're learning, you're getting to know, and I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it, you're getting to know your dias. you're getting to know the Metziyas, of what Hashem is. You're learning about the Spirits, you're learning about the different levels of the worlds, and you're learning about the different Tsim and so on and so forth, different components of Hashem. But you're not grasping the essence of Hashem. We have a lot of words, a lot of concepts, and a lot of uh, you know references, and we, we're understanding many, 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 many levels. So that's cool. We, un- we understand the us what it is, but to really say that I'm touching it and I and I get it, and I really how, we're finite. We can't get to the essence of Hashem. Therefore, the learn when we learn Chassidus, or it's connected to uh, we're starved. Like, for example, the expression of someone that's starving to hear the words of Hashem. We want to get to the essence. It's not enough knowing the the the, the, the mitzvahs. We want to get to the essence. So that's the connection. Why the 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 manna is actually something which causes hunger because it's referring to chsedus. And chsedus, we get the mitzvahs, but we don't get the mafhus. So we're yearning to get to the essence to take it a step deeper. It is like this: this that we say the medrash says that the manna is a food of hunger what does that mean it does it doesn't only mean that when a person for example eats the man so you eat the man you're hungry but you still want more but it's like a step further it says that a step deeper in the hunger that the man itself is a is a is a is a food of hunger till now we learned that yeah, you're learning you're learning so this you're learning the matziah, so you have something but you want the mohos now they're going a step further no, 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 the whole learning is yearning. The whole year, learning is a, is a learning a, a, of hunger. What does that mean? And it explains like this. So we're going to go into a, a deeper level of the hunger. In the first level, we learned. Yeah, we got it. But guess what? It's only gonna see us. we want more. In the second level, is saying, no, no, no. The learning itself, the whole learning is, is, is a yearning. Why is that? never explains like this. With an introduction, <clears throat> what, we, what we learned before, that that the food from the earth, Lechem in is referring to what? The revealed part of the Torah. The food from the heaven, the mana, is referring to Chassidus, Pneum Yis So that's in general. But more specific, you know, in general, Lechem in is the revealed part of the Torah. Lechem in is a Yis But more specific, both these components of food from the earth and food from the heaven are both found in the, in the, in the internal part of the Torah, in Pneum So Pneum Yatera, even though in general it's referring to Lecha min um, but there's also a component of Lecha min Aretz also in the Pneum Yisot How is that? Never explains this. He brings what doctor the author writes in Tanya, that when a person learns Pneum Yisot when a person learns Chalice, so the author gives two, two, term, two ways he describes it. One is he says when you learn prinism, it's a mitzvah Ramah Vinasa. It's a very, very huge mitzvah. When a person's learning so this, it's a huge mitzvah. That's number one number one. And number two is when you learn prini's it brings you to create a complete heart. You transform your heart. That your heart is totally focused and on Hashem and it doesn't veer off to the right or to the left or down or whatever, it doesn't go anywhere else. It's focused, head on. Which is which is huge. So the ultimate saying is like this. Again, so learning preeminent Torah accomplishes two things. One is the huge mitzvah, and the second thing is it transforms your it transforms your heart. And the Rebbe explains it like this: When you learn chassidus, what why is it cause you to transform your heart? Because when you learn chassidus, there's a certain component of learning chassidus, learning premium Torah, which is connected to transformation. What means transformation? The heart is made up of the emotions it's connected to the idea of the of the emotions so when you learn so that you're transforming your emotions so that's transformation what's transformation that's more associated with lechem and aritz. in order to have food from the earth you have to plow and you have to you have to water and you have to sow and reap and harvest all the work that goes into the earth ascending on a spiritual level In order to transform your heart it, you have to do a lot a lot of work However, so that's one level of learning, which will transform the heart. However, the main idea of lechem and Shimaya with is considered food from heaven that's when you're learning just you're getting into the zone of learning Kabbalah, you're learning mysticism, and you're totally on the high. So you see there's two components for learning to this. One is you can learn this, you tune out of the world and you connect to the high stuff and you're off off on a spiritual journey. You go into the world of artzlus. That's amazing but then there's a component where you take that and you transform yourself you become a better human being now the episode the difference between these two levels of learning where one is you're totally connecting to some kind of a spiritual high it's amazing really when you get into something like deep you're like totally disconnected from reality or where you're transforming yourself it has to do with two levels of intellect another is like this when you learn and you grasp this and the purpose is to transform your heart so that is what level of intellect when you're learning right you're learning you're trying to transform yourself you're trying to work out a middle what level of intellect it's a level of intellect which is connected to the emotions because otherwise it wouldn't wouldn't do any transformation so when you're learning to transform it's a level of intellect which is connected to emotions on the other hand when a person just learning just to go off into the world of Atzillus, go off into the zone of Kabbalah and awesome, awesome experiences. So that's connect, that's what you're learning with your intellect. So that's learning with your intellect, which is totally disconnected from your emotions. So you see that the two levels of Chassidus, with the Altar rights and Tanya, one is where it's a huge mitzvah, one is where it transforms, is connected basically to two levels of Intellect. In the level of intellect, we totally off the charts. That's the big mitzvah. And the one where he transforms level is, is the level of intellect which connected to your emotions. Now, so basically the server explains beautifully as follows. This that we say, that the mana is a food that basically causes someone to be totally starved, totally hungry. Why is that? Because when does somebody feel satiated intellectually? You grasp the intellect, and when you grasp it, you you're able to use it to transform your emotions. So that is the level of of of, of um, the food from the earth. A, a previous story, the, the level where you're transforming yourself, which means a person comprehends it, and you get it. And that's how you're able to, that's how you're able to transform yourself. You realize how great Hashem is, and therefore why are you getting involved in like silly and petty and uh, not important stuff? We should just be busy with with holy things. So it's basically a food that causes a person satiation. You feel good. You you get it. You get what Hashem wants, and you get that these behaviors are okay, and these behaviors aren't okay, and you transform yourself. Now, so that's one level. where the intellect feels good, you transform yourself, It's useful on the other hand there's a whole different level of intellect an uh, intellect which is not connected necessarily to emotions like the bread of heaven which basically it's off the charts and that's the ultimate level in total in totally total hunger when they ever saying is like this there's two levels of being hungry spiritually one is where you get it and it's, it's amazing but you really do something higher you transform your emotions, but you realize something higher. One is where you don't even connect to reality. That's the highest level of, of hunger, where you're totally off the charts. Now, Sandra is going to explain the difference between these two levels in the level of hunger. In other words, one level is that when a person is, 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 is on one hand he's eating, but nevertheless he's still hungry. Knows you 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 are satiated, but it doesn't take away from the fact that you're going to be hungry in five minutes. On the other hand, there's another whole level that no, the eating itself makes you makes you totally starving, even though you realize it's coming from above intellect. Why is that? Because the reason why you feel you 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 feel. That you, you feel satiated, but then again, you don't know where you're going to have your next piece of food from. If that's referring to the level of influx, which is connected to the emotions. But nevertheless, so on one hand, you transformed it, but the fact is, it's still influx, still above it. <clears throat> and therefore, it, it it affects in the person, because the person, we're made up of more emotions. It affects in the person, which is emotions that they want to grasp more of it. On the other hand, the component we're the knowledge itself creates the hunger and the yearning for Hashem that's the level of intellect which is above emotions and that's why in essence it's it's it, it, it's, it's yearning now okay to recap before we go deeper so is saying there's two levels and the difference is very simple in one level is yes you understand it and it's transforming your emotions like the, of the time it transforms your emotions but nevertheless the intellect wants to go higher so it's yearning for more the second level is no it's just the intellect that's yearning for more and more and more it's there's there's no there's no satiation satiation at all now when this higher level of yearning is revealed by the person you just want to learn and study and connect to hashem but nevertheless when this gets revealed in the emotions it doesn't transform the emotions it creates an experience in emotions the emotions are on a level of bittal they're totally accepting now the person's yearning to be with hashem you learn and you meditate right the fact is you're a human being so when the body your emotions feel it whoa you're like in awe of their experience like for example give an example the difference between the spirits of chachma and bina in other words when a person meditates using bina so when a person meditates on the greatness of the infinite light of Hashem, which is above everything in the world, so what happens when you meditate on the greatness of Hashem? You start loving Hashem. Huge love. And you have a tremendous yearning for Hashem. But nevertheless, what calls you to yearn for Hashem? Your meditation. So in Kabbalah it's called a yes, you're a somebody that loves Hashem. So Bina, yeah, Bina, absolutely, you can meditate and come to love Hashem. But there's a somebody that's loving Hashem but then there's a whole different level of loving Hashem it's called the vision of Chachma the vision of Chachma is not me that I am loving Hashem it's the vision and then you come to transcend this offer Hashem and that's real Bittu that's real acceptance so you see the connection between the two levels and the starving is like the level of Bina and Chachma by Bina you're somebody and you love Hashem so you, you feel good you love Hashem but then again you're, you're yearning for more but you're still anchored in you so you feel satiated but then you're yearning for more in Chachma there's no you You're. it's just connecting to Hashem now if that's the case <coughs> a person who's at the level of Chachma you're totally just yearning for Hashem so why is it called you're hungry you're connected with the light because the fact is Zerba says the transformation that takes place that when a person eats the manna on a spiritual level he's totally humble to Hashem so what happens then is, you reach that level, you're totally in awe of Hashem, you're one with Hashem, Chachma, you bottle Hashem, what happened, you think that's over? There's no way more to go? No, when you get to that level, you become a vessel to receive even a higher level. So even though it's a huge level, you're totally, wow, I'm accepting. You're one, you're just yearning. So why are you starving? Because you're starving because now you want to go to the higher level. You want to even go higher. And I was like, De'erber gives an example where it says, (laughs) L'achayoi To give them life in hunger, which is referring to the holiday of Yom Kippur. What does that mean? You're giving them energy when they're they're starving Yom Kippur. So Yuri explains, the, the starvation of Yom Kippur... What is that on the spiritual? What does that mean? It's a level of tainug. We know in Kesser, the highest Sphira, the higher the higher part of Kesser is Atik and Arak, The higher part is Tainug. Lower one is ratzain. um Yom Kippur, what what's shining Yom Kippur is Tainug? The essence of, of of pleasure, which is not even felt, and that's why right, that's my, which is higher than eating, and higher than eating and drinking. And that's actually one of the reasons why on Yom Kippur you're not allowed to eat and drink. Why? Because why? Not because you. Not because you're not allowed to eat and drink in Yom Kippur. Because you don't want to eat and drink in Yom Kippur. Because you're experiencing the high level of pleasure of Hashem. Which is not which is not bound by anything physical. The eating and drinking would blow it. You want to have the tremendous pleasure of Hashem. So what does it mean, L'achiyo Yisemirov? Because on Yom Kippur, Hashem feeds us in the hunger of Yom Kippur, which basically is we're totally disconnected from reality, we're yearning for the Tanika me we receive energy from this highest level of this level of pleasure. So that's the highest level a person can reach. Now, so based on explained explains beautifully in something like this. This idea that we just learned, there's two levels. One is where, on one hand, there is some kind of me that's enjoying, but again, I'm yearning for more. And then there's the higher level where I'm just totally one with Hashem, but even there, there's a yearning because you want to even go higher. So, he'd like to connect this with a teaching in the Zohar. The Zohar says as follows. The Zohar says, based on the verse in the Torah, Ru'u, give a look, Ki Hashem, because God on Shabbos, gave you Shabbos. So, the Zohar says, Pasach, He opened up and he says, Shi it's a song of ascends, Mima'amakim, from the depths. So, so, the Zohar says, What is Mima'amakim from the depths? Which is basically plural. Depth is one depth, Mama'amakim is a double depth. So the Zohar says, referring to Umka, the depth of the Kula, and I'll explain soon what it means, and Umka, the Bira. Two levels of de- depth. One is called Kula, and one is called Bira. So the Rebbe brings, this is the Zohar, the Rebbe brings from his, from his father, who uh, who, is, who is celebrating the, the anniversary of the yard site, so he brings to his father, he writes notes um, on, on, on his book of the Zohar, he had the book of the Zohar, and on the side he had notes, and the Rebbe says, unfortunately, many many years, the book with the notes of the Rebbe's father um, was 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 in captivity. And recently, obviously, when the Rebbe said this course, discourse, it was redeemed, and it was his book. The the Rebbe's father, can you imagine the Rebbe's father's book of Zohar, um, <coughs> with other books that he had from that was in the helping captain and reached. Obviously, the Rebbe received it, and he explains over the year what's the connection. The, the Zohar says. Look, Hashem gave you Shabbos, and they said, "Me ma'akin What's the connection? Mimamakin Hashem and, and Shabbos? See, the, the, the Eben's father explains what's the connection of ma'akim to a Shabbos, and he explains like this: What is amakim, What does the Zohar say? Umka the kula, the So, what is umka the kula? Umka the bira. So, umka the kula is referring to the idea of chokma, the depth of chokma, and umka the bira is referring to the depth of bina. And from the depth of chachma and from bina it flows down energy to all the six midoys of Zah, Zah is a small face of six midoys and like it says in the Zah, it comes out to be a blessing for all the all the emotions, okay so in other words, so the, so the, Rebbe, so the Rebbe's father explains, the Amakin is referring to the Umka of Chachma and Bina and from there it goes into the six midoys what's the connection with Shabbos? the Rebbe's father explains like this this is the connection with the Ruki HaShem Lachem as Shabbos because Shabbos we know is the seventh day of the week and in Kabbalah 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 is referring to which sphere? it's referring to the sphere of Bina and that's why it's called Umka Dabira so Shabbos is connected to the sphere of Bina and as we learned already Bina is connected to Umka Dabira in Umka Dabira in Bina in in order to have Bina you have to have the Umka Kula. you have to have Chachman it so they're saying, they saying, is saying is this, that Shabbos is Bina, and in Bina you have Chachmah, the Shabbos is Bina, which has Chachmah inside as well. From Shabbos, you bless the whole six days of the week, which is the, 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 the six midoys of the small face. So you see that what? Me'mamakim is referring to the depth of Chachmah and Bina, which blesses the six midoys. Shabbos is connected to what? Chachmah and Bina, which blesses the six days of the week. And the Rebbe's father continues on to explain, explain as follows. And this is what it says beautifully, the You should call Shabbos Oynik, pleasure. So the Rebbe's father says, Oynik is made up of three letters, Ayin, Nun, and Gimel, which is, the, is an abbreviation, Ayin is for Eden, the Garden of Eden, Nun is for Nahar, the river, and Gimel is Gan, the garden. What does that mean spiritually? So Eden, the Rebbe's father says, Eden is referring to Chachmah, Nahar is Bina, Chachma and Bina, which is connected to Umka, the Kula of Umka, which is said is Chachma and Bina. And from there, the flow goes out to the the Garden, which is Malchus. That's what the Rebbe's Father says. Now, so again, so, across the Shabbos, O'yineg, Chachma, Bina, going into Malchus. Now, what's the connection? The Rebbe's Father says, and that's why Malchus Malchus itself is Shabbos. What, why is why is Malchus called Shabbos? He never explains it beautifully. He says like this: because Shabbos has the letters of Shin, Bei, Sof. So, Never's father said Shin is numerically three hundred. Mamakim, the depth of the depth, numerically is also three hundred. Right? Mem, Mem is uh, forty, Ayin is seventy, Mem is forty, Kuf is hundred, uh, Yud is ten, and Mem is another forty. So it's yeah, exactly three hundred. So Shin is represented by Mamakim, which we already learned, is and, Dina, and which is again also the idea of Eden and Nahar, and Ba'as, the daughter, we you know is Malchus, the receiver, Gan, and from in here you receive the blessings from where? From the Nahar and Eden and Makim. So the, Rebbe, the Rebbe's father connects this to what? The idea of, of Shabbos, which is connected to the idea of Malchus, and which is the idea of the, and, and, and Shabbos is basically Chachma Chachman Bina going into Malchus. That's the connection with, with Malchus. So Rebbe says, one second, hold on. Simple question. In the beginning, he started off to say that Mimamakim goes from Chachma Bina to the six midays, And he said the same goes with Shabbos. It goes from Chachma Bina to the six days of the week. But then he finishes off and he says it goes from Chachman into Malchus. Oine going into the God, going into Malchus. We start off with Chachman going to the six minutes, then he says going into Malchus. So Eric says he's going to explain as follows. And, and not only explain it, but explain it practically how we can serve Hashem. And he says like this: And what we learn, it says plural, Lashim So there's two levels. And, and he's connecting it. The, what we learned before the two levels of eating, where, it's, where, where you starve by eating. And there's one is called um, uh, the depth, the starvation. One is the starvation of bina. What is the starvation of bina? So bina we know is there's a somebody. In other words, the, when you the knowledge that causes the starvation, bina. You understand? You get it, right? But then again, you're a somebody. You get it? But even if you get it, you, you want you want to, you want to go higher. But then there's umka, the kula, the starvation of chachma. Which that is referring to the higher level of starvation, which basically that's the essence of starvation, not because I am somebody I understand I have starvation also. The essence of starvation. <clears throat> so you see that's connected to what we learned before, the two levels of starvation of the mana. And these two components of where it comes down into Zah, the six Midas and to Malchus, that's connected to the two levels of the intellect of the person. No, the so one level is when the person is totally disconnected and that's represented by the of, of Zah, the, the six Midois. and the other way is where, where, you're, where you're connected to reality which is which is connected to Malchus, Malchus 30, where it's connected to the world now what happens is when you draw in the the depth of the two levels of chachman Bino into the intellect of the person into the person by being through bittul, so you draw it down within you, so it's, it comes down on, on both levels: a, in the limitation of the person, uh, uh, malchus. In other words, that the idea is that the powerful ideas of premios and Torah. On one hand, it's totally above you, chachmah. You're totally yearning out, but you actually bring it down into reality, into this world. And Rava said he liked to add as follows: even though. So you have mamakim chachman two high levels, but it comes down to into za on one level, which is more aloof. But then it comes down even to malchus. The something you would like to add that the truth is the main revelation of mamakim chachman the yearning comes down. We are more into malchus. Why? Because the the six midays of za, <coughs> they only get blessed from the seventh from Shabbos. But on, on, but on the other hand, malchus. Besides the fact that it receives from chachman but Malchus, we learned already, itself is called Shabbos. Because the bas is referring to Malchus. And now you have to reset a step further. That on Shabbos, which we learned already, Shabbos is connected to which sphere? The sphere of Bina. Also has the letter of Abbas. In other words, so Shabbos, which is connected to the idea of Bina, which is more closely connected to the idea of Abbas. Because the, the Shin for Shabbos is my ma'amakim from the depth. Which and the way the depth comes down into bas and to malchus. Now, what does that mean? What's why is everyone saying that mainly it's malchus? Because the fact is, in we know that in serving Hashem, the ultimate goal is that by spreading the the, the well streams of chusdes, the goal is to bring it out chutzah all the way down to the bottom, all the way into malchus, and that's the way we actually we we uh, we reveal the, the 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 real essence of the wellspring actually of Venus so by going down to the lowest level, that's the that's the ultimate goal that makes it happen. Now, so there was this from these two components of pniyus haTorah, learning the essence of Chassidus, On one hand, you have the starvation, which is beyond comprehension, the idea of chachma, but nevertheless, it creates association, which is more the idea of bina. So this, that, because it's on, on a spiritual level, that's why you have these two components in the man itself, where one hand is totally disconnected, and on one hand it has some kind of connection, but nevertheless it's still a yearning. And they're explains like this. Now, <clears throat> we learned before that the reason why the man was given every day, in other words, you didn't get once a week for the week, or for the month, or whatever it may be, you needed man today it came down today it was tomorrow you need money you get tomorrow as well why and, and matter of fact because it came down every day you don't have as we learned before paschal Salah, you, you don't have anything for tomorrow that's why it's called by yancha it was uncomfortable Vay-yancha, we are starved why because you can't compare someone that has bread in this basket versus someone that doesn't have why Why is that and again so it's seemingly we should have had but the fact that some didn't want that because the fact is the the Makeup the spiritual makeup of the world. What's the spiritual makeup of the world? Time and space. World concealment is made up of time and space. Mana, on the other hand, is above the world, it's above time and space. So, even after it came down to the world, it didn't get affected by the world. So Man, even though it came down to this world, and we were able to eat it, but it stayed above the world. So since it, was, it, it did not get affected by the concealment of time and space, you need it new every single day. So the reason why Man is needed every day, because Man remained above the world, which represents the idea of its yearning, it's totally connected to Hashem. It comes down, you got it for today, boom, you don't you don't use it, it's gone. You need more tomorrow. It's not it's not subjugated by the limits of the world, time and space. And that's why it says you can't compare someone that has pas, bisalei, bread in your basket, which doesn't have. Why? Because when you have bread that came from the earth, and the same thing, everything else that comes into the physical world, so you don't, you don't, when you look at it, you don't see that Hashem is creating the world every single second. You have bread, it's sitting here. How do you see Hashem is creating the world right now? So you think that you have bread. But on the other hand, when you have man, what do you see in the Man. You see that Hashem is creating the world every second because today you have it and and, and tomorrow you need a new one. So in other words, what, what seems to the person is that, that it's in this basket, uh, that's regular food. But the fact is from the man, you realize that everything comes from Hashem. In other words, it's it, it's it's not in your basket. You, from the man, you see who's running the world. Hashem is running the world. There's no laws of nature. Time and space doesn't really exist. What exists is Hashem's blessing that's one component the same thing also the fact that the man had tasted everything any type of taste you wanted you had in the mana in something finite you can't taste every any type of taste if it's this taste it's this taste if it's that taste it's that taste and matter of fact the man not only had every taste could have opposite tastes in food it's either this or that and you can't have opposites Now, why did it have every type of taste? Because even when it came down into this world, it wasn't affected It was still food from Hashem. So it was food that's above any limits of this world. And that's what it means. You you don't see it. You don't see it when you're eating it. Because the physical eye of the human being, the limited eye of the human being, could not comprehend and could not grasp the infinite part of the manna. And therefore you couldn't even see a simple food out of it. Like if you have this huge light, the person can't see it. It's too strong. So you see that the man is represented by what? Even though afterwards it came down to the world, it's still above the world. You have it today, you don't have it tomorrow. It represents the idea that Hashem is creating the world constantly. And it also represents the ideas that it's not limited to, 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 one, to one thing. You can't, you can't even grasp what it was. You can't see it. Now <clears throat> and here comes over, says something very very beautiful and very powerful. So what happens is like this. You have the mana. So on one hand, you have the mana. But on the other hand, you know that you realize your shun runs the world. So on one hand it's satiating you, but then again, no, it doesn't, because I need it tomorrow new. You realize your shun runs the world. On one hand you have the mana but you you, you you can't see, you can't grasp the infinite part of the mana. You can't grasp it can have all these different tastes. So basically, you're starving from the mana. There is something very powerful. I mean, this is like one of the most powerful parts of the Chassidic discourse. This that the man causes you of starvation means you have it, but then again, you, you, you it's infinite. That all, all these components. That's when a person is arrogant. When a person is somebody. So you, you can't connect to it. However, when a person's in a level level, say in the Hebrew, I'll translate it, the person's a level of a bitalakus. When a person's a level he's accepting whatever Hashem wants. So the main benefit and the main pleasure comes not from my basket. But it's not because I can't feel it from my basket. It's coming from from Hashem. When a person is willing to accept Hashem, so the real pleasure you get from is not from physical things. Not from you can see it, you don't see it, it's coming direct from Hashem. And when a person behaves in a way that you're totally in a level of bittal, you're totally willing to accept whatever Hashem wants, then you become a vessel to receive the infinite power of Hashem and then roya, you can see the oichel and you can eat it. And know it's not that you, you see it because you you don't see it and you're eating it. No, no, you see it. What do you see? You see the power of Hashem. So based on the Torah explains beautifully and powerfully, and it says like this. Based on the Torah explains, this is why the first blessing, and the first blessing of the of, of the grace of the meals is based on the verse in the Torah it says a Khalta you're gonna eat, the sabata, you're gonna be satiated, the you're gonna bless Hashem. Now, what is this referring to? Food from the earth? A food from the heaven, the the manna, the first blessing in the Torah, where it says, we know Moshe Reinh is student for the manna. But what was our question? What do you mean, manna? How's manna satiating you? And the says, no. Because the main true satiation, the true satiation, not in theory, real, honest satiation, and the goes a step further, not only satiation, wealth. Because the fact is this is brought into many commentaries that when the Jewish people received the manna, besides manna, they actually got down a lot of jewels and a lot of wealth they got with it. But the point I was saying is that the real, true satiation and real wealth comes not from your effort by planting and doing your work. but it comes from manna, it comes all from Hashem. And when a person feels that the whatever you're receiving is not from your basket, from your effort that you put in, but all the gifts is coming from Hashem, just like the man. Where it was when it revealed? Where you saw that every single day you're getting it from Hashem. And so, in other words, they're explaining beautiful why, in the first blessing, are we still thanking Hashem for the manna? Because the manna is teaching us: yes, you know where we know where all our blessings come from. You know where satiation comes from. It comes from Hashem. So, the first blessing, the achalta, you want to eat and you want to be satiated. If you think that it's coming from your effort, you're never going to be satiated. But when you realize it's all coming from Hashem, that's true satiation. And that's why the first blessing is a connected idea of mana. And the fact that Jerobo says every single person could come to this feeling. He How can I come to that? Everyone could come to it. And especially, like it's known, Jerobo says, that sustenance, parnassa, livelihood, wealth, success, today, even in Golos, it all comes just the same way it came from the mana. we think we're putting in the effort no all the blessings come from hashem and when a person feels it that everything is coming from hashem all our blessings come from hashem then you become a vessel to receive the real flow the infinite flow just like the mana straight from hashem so the Rebbe is saying this, we have the power to feel it, and when we feel it, we will actually become a vessel for the infinite blessings of Hashem. Like the, like it says in the Talmud, a full vessel, <clears throat> you can't put anything in it. But on the other hand, if you have an empty vessel, you can have a lot of things in there. But if it's full, you can't. In other words, what does it mean you're a full vessel? When a person thinks he's just somebody. And especially when you think that everything you have is, bes- is your basket, a full basket, how are you going to have anything more from Hashem? In other words, even the little thing from the earth you're not going to have. But when a person makes themselves the empty vessel, then you're able to receive the real satiation, the real wealth of the mana, and you end up receiving all the energy and all the flow of children, life, sustenance, and in a way of tremendous abundance. So we just learned a really, really beautiful Chassidic discourse in the Rebbe, a really powerful and a really, really, very practical one. You have to remember, the fact is, everything comes from Hashem. When we allow ourselves to experience it and to feel it, and we could, that everything really comes from Hashem, we will make ourselves a vessel to receive the greatest and the most powerful blessings of Hashem. Thanks so much for joining us for our weekly class on Chassidus. Let's hope our class will be next week with the tremendous abundance of the revelation of Mashiach. And our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Irak Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.